You're listening to Epic Catharsis, Storytelling Do's and Don'ts, the podcast where an expert and an in-law discuss storytelling and how it could lead you to catharsis. Hey, I'm your host, Tyler. I'm your host, Kelly. And today we're going to be exploring the science fiction genre, kind of mostly focusing on alien encounters with humans and that kind of sub-genre within science fiction. So, I mean, from from childhood, we are exposed to these concepts in one way or another, even if it's something scary like aliens versus predators or if it's something really family-friendly like E.T., and actually, in a way, this is very modern of a of a genre in the world of storytelling, going back to you know ancient Greece and stuff. the The stories of just sci fi in general. Sci fi started actually. I think there was a story back in the 1600s of I guess a a story involving something taking place outside of Earth on a different planet or out in the solar system. But when we look at the sci-fi genre as we define it today, which have these aliens or other creatures, you know, most most notably like Star Trek and stuff. I mean, pretty much before the 50s, there were not very many stories of this at all. You know, you had your War of the Worlds, but you really didn't have many other stories besides, you know, a couple at the time. It wasn't really until the golden age of sci-fi in the 50s that really skyrocketed pun intended, this whole genre to the forefront of storytelling. Yeah, and that's not to say that it didn't exist before the 50s. There are some really influential alien movies that came out even as early as the 20s, but we're just saying that when you think of alien movies, you think of a lot of movies that came out in maybe the the mid-80s to the early 2000s are really where a lot of the classics dropped. You know, and I think this is kind of something interesting I wanted to bring up real quick before we dive too down into this. People think that sci-fi is one of the, the smaller genres that people have talk or that people talk about in storytelling and books and stuff or movies or TV shows. But actually, you know, movies started at the very beginning of the 1900s, very end of the 1890s. And one of the very first movies ever made was a French film called Le Voyage dans la Lune, which just means The Voyage to the Moon, in 1902. So sci-fi has been a part of movies and culture pretty much just exponentially going up since then. Yeah, and I mean, even all the way to now, I would consider the new Avengers movies with... I mean, it's sci-fi. It's based on comics and it's action, but it's got aliens. And, I mean, two of the main characters are profoundly genius scientists, so... Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's what... It's weird because now sci-fi has, like, merged, like what you're saying, with, like, superhero genres and fantasy genres when we look at Star Wars, you know... Sci-fi is such an integral part of the culture that it's kind of hard to imagine a time that it wasn't this big. 
but like I was saying, you know, basically since the 50s is really when it like just took off and it has become what we know today. I mean, heck, like in the comics, you know, the X-Men, well, I guess they're mutants, but the the uh, Fantastic Four, they get their powers through the space, you know, through that cosmic storm that comes in or depending on which version you're reading. Um, but there are several, I mean, Superman is an alien. That 1930s, I mean, that's huge. You know, the the forefront figurehead of superhero comic books is an alien. I th- I think that's kind of important. It speaks for itself, really. But uh, when you say the 50s, do you have a movie in mind? So there were actually a lot of movies that came out in the 50s that were sci-fi. You had The Day the Earth Stood Still in 1951. It came from outer space, 53. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 56, and I think what really probably set it off was, and this, I don't know if this was the best of the 50 era of films, but The War of the Worlds was told in film format in 1953, and that was already a story that people knew. So it wasn't, at this point, it was a story that was, had already been told in the radio waves, we had that famous, you know, issue of people thinking that it was a real invasion, but now you're seeing it on a big screen, and that's what brought people to the movies to say, oh, I know what this is. I'm going into it with a better expectation, and ever since then, it just kind of picked up. True. So, what are some of your faves? Some of my favorite um, sci-fi movies? Um, I guess, technically, Star Wars would be at the forefront. If you look at it as sci-fi, I kind of view it more of like a sci-fantasy sci-fi fantasy type thing um but outside of that you know star trek is always amazing i absolutely love independence day which we are definitely going to be getting into here in a little bit independence day is really it's a classic it is um all most of the ones that spielberg made close encounters of the third kind and et I guess it's really, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, Alien. Oh, cannot forget Alien. Uh, Predator is really good. You know, you have all these alien-focused movies from that era that just kind of stuck with me. And now everything modern, um, Arrival was a recent one that was really good. Um, Yeah, they just just all really are films that I go back to and rewatch again. What about you? What are your favorites? Uh, weirdly, something really unexpected came to mind, and it's a movie with an alien in it, but is I don't I don't think really it's ever thought of as sci-fi. But Lilo and Stitch. Oh my gosh! Yes. Right, like you, it's 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 a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, you don't even lump that into the category, but it is a sci-fi movie. It's so underrated. It's I I honestly think it's underrated. I thought it was one of Disney's best, you know, uh, franchises. I guess. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, what about Power Rangers? I was just about to say, I wasn't a big Power Rangers kid, but my brother was running around in Power Rangers clothes from little, and he's 30 now. So Power Rangers is huge. Even Dragon Ball Z, like... Some of the biggest franchises out there are sci-fi with aliens at the forefront. 
And then you have some of your like more obscure movies that were just fun. Like The Fifth Element. I don't know if you've seen that. But it's I have not seen that one. It's kind of like a cult classic in a way. It's 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 a lot of fun. Um oh my gosh, how did we forget about stories like writing stories about Dune? Dune is huge. It's going to be made into a, a film this year. Oh, right, right. Or um uh, one film that I really enjoyed. I think it got mixed reviews actually, but did you see Super 8? I don't Yes, I did. That was JJ Abrams' film, right? It was. Yeah. I think it yeah. was, yeah. That was really that was good. It was super good. It was really well made. I like that one. And I think that's what helped, you know, propel his career. We cannot forget Men in Black. Very true. Very true. Those are staples. And going back franchise. to Disney and going back to Disney, look at Buzz Lightyear. You know, aliens and space and sci-fi are such a big part of our culture that we don't even think about it. It's It's everywhere. I mean, I think about one of the most quotable recognizable tv shows of all time that digga 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 wow what x-files like absolutely iconic absolutely iconic flash gordon yeah i feel like the superhero genre in general needs to be lumped into sci-fi I can't think of a superhero story. I'm not well-versed in superheroes, but I can't think of one that doesn't in some way, shape, or form cross into the sci-fi genre at some point. For the most part, yeah. Superhero stories and stuff. Sci-fi is part of the unknown. It's a it's a natural way to transition a story and characters into a world of endless possibilities. And I think that's part of the reason why we we jump into sci-fi and want to explore it as audience, whether it be in books or movies or TV shows or superheroes. Sci-fi, there's something about it that helps bring us into it. Yeah, and I think, I think you're right. It's part of it is is derived from that, from that. But part of it, I think, is the human condition of needing to know. You know what I mean? Like, Expand on that. You sit there and you contemplate the world and the universe and you're like, well, I, you know, we're on a Goldilocks planet in a very tiny galaxy. There's countless other galaxies out there. The universe is expansive. And statistically, it is probable that there is life out there. But is it intelligent life? What does that mean? What would happen if we met? You know, like, what do they look like? And it's, it's just, it sparks a wildfire in terms of imagination and just theoretical thought. You know, when you're looking at storytelling, sometimes one of the hardest aspects to do is, is to go into that unknown and allow your creativity and imagination to just go wild. And space gives us that perfect, the final frontier. It's it's the perfect unknown out there like you're talking about. I mean, it's literally, I think, is it space or the ocean that's the great unknown? It's the space, isn't it? I would say so. I mean, because as much as we don't know about the ocean, I think, what, like 90% of the ocean floor is uncovered. I still think that obviously space is larger. Uh, 
Yeah, I... I mean, the list goes on. That's not to say there aren't flops. I mean, I don't really know if we want to talk about uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, because... Woof. Yeah, that might have to be a whole video episode on itself. <laughs> <laughs> that might have to be a what-we-would-do-differently kind of video. But also, we kind of bring this up because in today's society, aliens, UFOs, and the unknown are kind of being brought to our attention. Like, the media's, I feel like they're trying to, like, not be too big about it. Um, but let's let's look at last year. 2020 was kind wild. of... Wild. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say Absolutely it was... Absolutely wild. Kind of not one of the up years of the last decade. But if you look at 2020, at the end of April, I believe it was, the Pentagon released several files, just went ahead and opened up some classified information, gave it out to the public, and they kind of just like tried to sweep it under the rug of like, yeah, yep, these files are out here, you guys can read them, but we're not going to give you any news on it. I think CNN only ran, uh, ran the story for like a day or something. But these these articles were talking about the fact that UFOs were real, that there were several confirmed sightings that the government had paperwork on, and they could not explain it. And it was a big, it was a big deal about the fact that the government basically saying that UFOs existed. And then what, a couple months later, there were those videos out in Brazil over the city of all these ships or, you know, space lights flying around. And then recently there was that plane that has footage of a UFO. All the passengers saw it. You know, I, I just, I feel like UFOs and stuff are kind of starting to get brought around. And it brings us to this thought of maybe this stuff isn't science fiction. It's starting to become science reality. And that's a little bit scary. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily accepted in the scientific community yet, but... Uh, no, no, not yet, but maybe soon. It's it's kind of where it feels like it's going. Yeah, but I, I mean, even before the stuff came out in 2020, there was that... Oh my god, when everybody wanted to storm Area 51 and like have a festival there or something like that. Yep. You yep. remember that? That was that was insane. So we've was that always the end been of 2019? fascinated by this stuff. Yeah, yeah. something I it's somewhere around there. It's <laughs> like 50 people showed up or something like that. We just, just got scared away from guns or something. Yeah, there was like satellite images of jeeps and shit driving through the desert. It was insane. People are insane. But uh, I know it was really funny because later there was commentary on like, man, if we knew it, how easy it was going to be to storm the capital of the United States, it should have been much easier to storm Area 51. So like... Yeah, but I don't think they're hiding any uh, alien bodies in the capital. <laughs> you never know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's interesting because it's what's interesting about it is when the genre really, really hits the mark, it makes you question what's really happening in the world. So like. And I think that's partly why Area 51 is so. It's the subject of so much debate from people who don't know is because all these movies come out. And they explain these things, and then you're like, well, I mean, it seems possible. Or it seems probable. Or 
you do research on it and they use these facts from real life that are compelling to say the least and for me at least area 51 is like a tangible part of the unknown like if space and aliens and all that stuff is part of the quote unknown that we're looking at we know that area 151 exists and we believe that area 51 holds all the secrets and answers to everything so i guess in our minds it we view Area 51 as that tangible, you know, museum of answers that we just want to get our hands on to explain the unknown. And that's why it fascinates us so much. Yes, there is. As I'm a geologist, for those of you who don't know, and there's one thing I want to touch on, though, and it involves close encounters of the third kind. Devil's Tower is not made by aliens. It is a dried-up volcanic tube, so it is just a, it's a, it's a dry volcano. It's a, it's I feel a like you could do volcano. probably, you could probably I could do, do a like whole an, series of hour, videos on this. A whole series <laughs> on things like that. But there's something else about this genre that always at least makes me come back to it, that really draws me in in a way, and it's this this overlying theory or not theory, but this this overall connection that these films and stories and stuff have about sci-fi, where it feels like it's become aliens versus humans. You know, even as far back as War of the Worlds, it was an invading force of aliens into humankind, mankind, the Earth. And we see that build all the way through till Independence Day. And... Most of the films that we see today with involving aliens, it's still this big battle. I think one of the the inverses of this, though, are films like E.T., where the aliens are not aggressive. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they're not always aggressive. And then you look at Arrival. Arrival, yeah. Arrival was an interesting one for me, because that was a film where aliens came to Earth, and everybody acted like they should have in Independence Day, where they attacked first and they were like, we need to destroy these things or get them off our planet. But the message of the film was, you know, kind of that democratic approach, the democracy, the talking, the learning their language, the learning who they are and learning the secrets of them. And it was such a stark contrast from what we're thought to believe of violence as the answer against aliens. And I guess for me, those movies kind of have that tone of we have to band together as a human society versus the the aliens. And in a way, it's it's uplifting. It makes me feel like we can throw away issues with race or gender or any other issues we have as society, and it can just be humans versus aliens. And that's a great message. But it also it is, is kind of a violent one in a way. Yeah, I was just about to say it's... um. I think movies like that do hit different because of the division that's being perpetuated through different cultures, especially America right now, um, where everybody's just being pitted against everybody. So it's nice to see. It's nice, even even though it's fiction, it's nice to watch humanity band together and put aside your differences for the greater good. However, if 
you encounter something that you don't understand, your first reaction shouldn't always be to go grab a gun. Agreed. So. It's it's like a it's like a double-edged sword. It's like we're learning the right things through these movies by banding together and lifting up humanity and feeling good about it and learning that we should just love one another. And it's it's great. But then we also really shouldn't just be blatantly violent for newcomers. At the same time, it's realistic. The first thing the government's going to do when we are, quote, invaded, unquote, by another extraterrestrial species, if something like that ever were to occur. Honestly, I think the first thing they do is send the military. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's not exactly outside the realm of possibility. It's just sad, though. You know, it brings it brings up something that I watched at one point. Um, it was a documentary by Stephen Hawking. And when he was talking about, do aliens exist? You know, is there life out there? And, you know, he talked a little bit about, I think there's some, like, microbes that have been found in some ice on Mars or something before. Or one of the moons of, was it Jupiter? I don't know. Um, I might be mixing my fact with stories fiction. No, we're looking for microbial life. Um, Isn't that the mission they're doing right now? Yeah, they're building, they're working on using geo uh, microbiology to build robots that could potentially identify fossilized forms of microbial life on extraterrestrial planets, but um, I don't I don't think, from what I've read, I don't think we've found any yet. I feel like that would have been huge news. Well, he was talking about, you know, if we found them, and he said that he really hopes that they aren't real, because he said that, you know, there, there's the highest possibility of one, if they come over to us in a UFO, that basically just means that their technology is so advanced that we would not have any defense against them. We would get obliterated if they decided to attack. As well as the fact of, he said, look at what happened whenever the Europeans came over to America with the Native Americans and wiped them out, not through violence, but through a plague. You know, through like the flu and stuff, you know, these, these diseases that came over and wiped out tribes and tons and tons of people he said more than likely that's what would happen is that not only would they come over in a possible violent way but they would probably bring with them some sort of space virus that it's not like we can just quarantine for a few months and be be over it it's it's something that would probably be life-altering if not ending at the same time and this is assuming they have any semblance of thoughts similar to humans um, we would have no idea what they would function like because though we're carbon-based, there is the theoretical possibility that uh, life from another planet could be like silica-based. Um, but I think it's silica-based. And instead of water, they would drink like, what, ammonia or bleach or something like that? I something don't know. Like but um, I can't remember. But... If they did have a thought process similar to humans, we would go explore space to figure out what's out there. Like, out of pure curiosity, we would send people. So if we showed up at another planet, um, it'd be like, oh my god, you guys are here. Hi! We're people! It's nice to meet you! Like, that's not 
we wouldn't go to conquer at least at first and see i kind of differ with that like i I believe completely that scientists, if scientists were the ones to go explore, it would be a little bit more diplomatic, like kind of a Star Trek kind of view to it. But I do believe that there are enough crazy people with power in the world throughout all different countries that we could, you know, show up someplace and just kind of take over. I mean, look at our history. I mean, colonization has been a problem well that and we're not exactly using resources sustainably so if we got to another planet it would probably wind up being something like hey what's up we want your ship and and we just exploit these people for the resources that they have on their planet that they haven't ruined yet so it's all theoretical there's really no telling it's not like me and you are going to be the ones up there so yeah, there's so many really cool possibilities for when sci-fi becomes reality and, you know, space travel and interaction with extraterrestrials and things like that. But I, I, I do kind of hold that same reservation that Stephen Hawking does, that there, there's a lot of scary aspects to look at it. Like, maybe it's not something that we really want to deal with right now, at least. Well, I mean, God, we're going through enough. Like, 2020 wasn't enough already. We've got to throw aliens into the mix. Come on. And in the words of Joe Biden, come on, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to my next homework assignment. Yeah, right? Good Lord. We're just trying to think of things to talk about for this podcast. But anyways, I don't know if y'all could tell. We didn't really have a plan for this, but I had fun talking about aliens. And I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, it was a, it was fun exploring this this subgenre, or I guess just the su- genre of sci-fi itself, and some of the great stories that had influences with us. And I think I've made a little list of some of these stories that I kind of want to talk more in detail about. So we'll have to do some episodes on those. Yeah, we're gonna have to add a category for just theoretical thought experiments <laughs> rooted in the genres of storytelling or something i don't know but anyways like i said we want to know your thoughts are aliens out there what would we do if we were faced with an alien encounter and most importantly what are some of your favorite stories of the sci-fi genre when it comes to aliens which ones on a saturday night do you grab your popcorn for and go and turn on the tv and look for to watch or pick up your favorite book We have a Facebook, we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have a website. Hit us up, let us know. But thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Epic Catharsis. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Catharsis. Check us out at our website, www.epiccatharsis.com, or you can check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought. We'll be back Sunday, so don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. Okay, bye!